It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles, if you would, turn to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 8. We're going to be kind of going through a little bit of John, chapter 7, and John, chapter 8 this week. Um, I want to ask you this question. Are you all about Him? Are you all about Him? Now, that's that's the thought we're going to be coming from this week. Um, Like I said, I'm going to try to give you some context of... Chapter seven and chapter eight, very some vital, very vital, important information for understanding it all. But I'll give you the context, and then I want to give you some application from the passage that I believe is very important to us as Christians. Let's go ahead. We'll read our text, and then we'll get into uh, sharing some of the context. In John chapter eight and verse twenty-five, it says this. Then said they unto him, this is the Pharisees speaking with Jesus, Who art thou? And Jesus saith unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. I have many things to say and to judge of you, but he that sent me is true, and I speak to the world those things which I have heard of him. They understood not that he spake to them of the Father. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, Then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. I want you to really key in on that phrase, for I do always those things that please him. That's where a lot of our thoughts springs from for this week. Um, but I want to share a little bit of context with you. But before I do that, let's go ahead and pray. I don't always do that on here, but I, I believe we ought to this morning. Father, I thank you for this time that we have to share some of your word and deal with some of your truth from your word on the radio. And Lord, I pray that you would help me as I try to get across the thoughts that you've given to me. And Lord, I pray that you would use them in the hearts and lives of those listening Lord, give me clarity of speech as I attempt to preach. And um, Lord, I pray you would just use this how you see fit. We thank you and praise you for what you'll do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, like I said, the thought I want to deal with this week is, are you all about him? Now, if we're going to understand the context of John chapter 8, we're going to have to go back to John chapter 7 and starting in verse 2 to actually fully grasp some of the context here. Let me just start in verse number 1 of chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry or around Jerusalem, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jews' feast of the tabernacles, or feast of tabernacles, was at hand. And that's going to be very important to the rest of everything that we read. Let me read a little bit farther here, and then I'll share some information with you. Um, Now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence, and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doest anything in secret, 
and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe him. Then Jesus said unto them, My time is not yet come, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. Go ye up to this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he up also unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, He is a good man. Others said, Nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit, no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. So what we're finding as we begin to come into the context here is that the Jews are starting the Feast of Tabernacles. Now there's, I believe, seven different feasts that we'll see. Um, this one was very, very important as well. It was a, a feast that was a feast of celebration, but one of the things they celebrated was it, they looked back to God's provision during their exodus. Um, when they were brought from Egypt to the promised land. This was a time of thankfulness for the current harvest and how God had provided to them. But another very important thing about this was that it looked forward to the return of Christ. There was an aspect of millennialism, or that's the wrong word, but an aspect of looking towards the millennial reign that maybe they didn't even understand all, all things. But this, some of the things that go on during this Feast of Tabernacles, look forward to the coming Messiah. There were three practices that we know that accompanied it from history and the Word of God. Um, one of them was a big national meal which welcomed the poor, homeless, and strangers to come partake of it. It was just a way of sharing their blessings with uh, others in the country that maybe weren't so fortunate. Another thing we know about this was that they would dwell in these little booths or tents for the entire week in remembrance of the wilderness wandering. But something else that was very critical to this, um, this whole week of feast, there were some religious ceremonies that pointed towards the Messiah. Now as we come into here, we see his brethren trying to get him to come up. We see that he has not been walking around there because they've been, they've been seeking him to kill him. They didn't like what he said. And what's really been happening is from the works and miracles that he's already done, it's been causing this really big stir in Jerusalem. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, though they don't know he's there yet, he's kind of come up somewhat secretly, and everybody's talking about them. He has become basically the centerpiece of everybody's conversation during this time. Now granted, they're speaking quietly, maybe in hushed tones, while the Pharisees aren't around because they know the Pharisees hate him. But they're all going back, they're talking back and forth. This has really caused his name to be even more predominant, and everybody's trying to figure out, who is he? What's this man doing? We find that there are about three different opinions of him. Now one of them I've already read. Some say he's a good man, others say that he deceiveth the people. As we read a little bit farther, Jesus, it's, we find in verse number 14, Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters, having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, My doctrine is not mine, but his that sent me. If any man will to do his will, 
He shall know of the doctrine, whether it be of God, or whether I speak of myself. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory, but he that seeketh his glory that sent him. The same is true, and no unrighteousness is in him. Did not Moses give you the law, and yet none of you keepeth the law? Why go ye about to kill me? The people answered and said, Thou hast a devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? Jesus answered and said unto them, I have done one work, and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision, not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And ye on the Sabbath day circumcise a man. If a man on the Sabbath day receive circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken, are ye angry at me, because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day? Judge not according to appearance, or the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Then said some of them who of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am. And I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. But I know him, for I am from him, and he hath sent me. And they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. So what we find here is there's three different ideas being passed around. Some say he's a good man. Some say no, he's just a deceiver. And others are hinting at the idea, is this the Christ? Others, when that is presented to them, they say, well, no, 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 we know this where this man comes from. Later on, you'll find in Scripture, they say that he's from Nazareth. That's what they all thought. We know from Scripture he was born in Bethlehem. But the scripture also said that he should be called a Nazarene. Not a Nazarite. There is a difference there. The reason a lot of people picture him with long hair is because they get a Nazarene and the Nazarite vow confused. A Nazarene was a person of Nazareth. A Nazarite was somebody who had taken the Nazarite vow. Jesus did not have long hair. I do not believe that one bit. The Bible teaches us very clearly that it is a shame for a man to have long hair. However, that's another side subject, just a side note there. So what we see here is this whole week of the feast, Jesus has become the centerpiece. He has now come up to Jerusalem, but kind of secretly because there were those in Jerusalem that sought to kill him. As they begin to go through here, Jesus begins to talk with them. The Pharisees begin to talk with him a little bit. And we'll find Jesus makes a very big statement. Let me just pick up where we quit reading which would have been in verse number 30. It says, Then they sought to take him, but no man laid hands on him, because his hour was not yet come. And many of the people believed on him and said, When Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these which this man doeth, or which this man hath done? The Pharisees heard that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then said Jesus unto them, Yet a little while I am with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. 
Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go, that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles, and teach the Gentiles? What manner of saying is this, that he said, Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me, and where I am, thither ye cannot come. In the last day, in that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, said of a truth, This is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was division among the people because of him. And some would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers and the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, Never a man spake like this man. Then answered them to the Pharisees, Are ye also deceived? Have any of the rulers of the Pharisees believed on him? But this people who knoweth not the law cursed. Nicodemus saith unto them, He that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, Doth our law judge any man before it hear him? And know what he doeth? They answered and said unto him, Art thou also of Galilee? Search and look, for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. And every man went to his own house. And we're fixing to run out of time here for this morning. We'll have to pick up on this thought tomorrow. But the statement that we read in verse 37 where Jesus says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, is a statement directly directly claiming his deity and his messiahship. And I'll prove that to you. Now, we reading this would not understand it as much being Gentiles and not very familiar with the Jewish culture. But when we place this where this most likely happened, we'll see the power behind this. We'll pick up right here tomorrow morning. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.